0: Amazing. I'm here today with Ruben Langdon. Ruben, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited.
1: (laughs) Glad to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: You're literally, I was just saying to you, uh, you have a series on Gaia, which I found in June. And it's literally because I don't watch a lot of stuff, but whenever I want to watch something, that's what I put on. And so you're the, you're the only thing I've watched in the last six months. And now I'm interested. Right. to this. You know, you, you're, I have to start by saying, I think you're an amazing interviewer. Really, really great interviewer. It's not an easy skill. I think it's a very underrated skill, but you only really are a brilliant interviewer. So thank you for, yeah. oh,
1: Thank you. I didn't, uh, I just, I'm just going with the flow here. I just, I'm just a curious guy and I've got a lot of questions. So uh, and I happen to have some film and uh, editing background with uh, my work in the past in in, in Hollywood. So uh, I'm just like, yeah, let's do this. Let's see how this goes. I'm sure it's it's evolved over the years and over the episodes. Hopefully it's gotten better uh, because you know, you, the more you do it and you you kind of get used to things. So um, I, I look back at my first episodes and I'm like, man, that was pretty clunky, but uh, it's it's just my fun, my passion. So
0: yeah, that's something I wanted to ask you about as well as the journey of it. But should we just start with like what inspired you to make the show in the first place? And do you want to tell people about the show? Because probably a lot of people don't know about it, but it's quite a unique subject matter, but something that resonates very, very deeply with me. So tell us what motivated you to start on that journey.
1: Sure, sure. Yeah, I had been um, so back in 2007, I had my own UFO sighting and that uh weaponized my curiosity as my good friend jeremy corbell says and uh, uh i started going down the rabbit hole of trying to figure out what i saw and the more i dug deeper into that world of ufology and and the et and the you know the military cover-up and roswell and just just all the different cases out there i started to get even more curious, like what's going on? Why is there a cover-up? If there are ATs here, what's the deal? If there's recovered vehicles and technologies, why isn't that allowed to be in the public? And that really brought me into uh going deep. You know, I, I feel like it's that's like the 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 gateway drug into a whole gamut of of subjects. Um, understanding how our financial system works, the military, the cover-ups, the different groups, you know, it's the standard uh, conspiracy stuff and I went really deep and I started um, actually because of my status in Hollywood uh, having worked on uh, big projects like Avatar and I had at the time I had my own uh, visual effects production company uh, producing triple um, A games and video games and and, and working on, on big movie projects. I, I kind of ha- used that uh, status or clout to get my foot in the door and meet with some uh high-end people in the in the ufo community um people like dr stephen greer and um linda bolton howe richard dolan uh quickly became friends with these people and started um trying to to find out more and, and and talking with them discussing with them and then i even produced an event called the citizen hearing on disclosure in 2013 which was a five-day mock trial uh, congressional hearing with six former members of Congress and um, brought together over 40 witnesses, mostly ex-government military people. And and that can be found on YouTube now, Um, all all uh, 40 episodes, which is over 32 hours of content. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maybe we can give you, I'll give you a link to check that out. It's uh it, it it's kind of boring for me uh because it's just old information. But uh for people who might be new to the UFO topic, it's really uh legitimizes the the subject in 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 sort of your your newbie. So if I always put I call it the ABCs of UFOlogy. If somebody's new to to the UFO uh subject and wants to know, you know. Th- the, the the mechanics of the cover-up and in our media censorship and these kinds of things it's it's really a good thing to it's easy to digest for for people who might be the the hardcore sub skeptics and um and during all that time i was exploring and, and and going deeper and meeting with contactees and abductees and and getting testimony and then I was holding meetings at my my uh, studio in in the Marina del Rey in, in, in L.A. Um, you know, uh, in the sort of the heart of the the Hollywood community, and I invited people from the Hollywood community to come and hang out at these meetings. People who were interested in we every month we'd have a special guest like Richard Dolan or even uh, former senator uh, the, or the late senator Mike Gravel, um, uh, all kinds of uh, different people from the UFO community would come and speak at, at these meetings and they would get up into, you know, a couple hundred people um, or a hundred, hundreds of people We started with like five people and then it got up to, to over a hundred people. And in those meetings, uh, Wendy Kennedy uh, and Nora Harold and Daryl Anka all showed up at these meetings and they were all channelers. And I, I didn't know they were channelers. I didn't, I wasn't into the phenome- the channeling phenomenon at that time and um having talked with wendy about her uh, contact experiences she uh was one day explaining that she channels these beans from the Pleiades, and i was like i wasn't kind of I was like yeah okay um that's kind of strange but you whatever um maybe there's some truth to that and then she said um she, she, we were just talking about, uh, we uh, didn't go into too much detail about, about that, uh, at the time, but she I was talking about her abduction experiences and she said it was a sole contract. And right away, a light went off in my head that was like, that's it, that that made more sense because I had talked to hundreds of abductees and, and contactees and, and many who were in fear and, uh, and then many who had had miraculous healings, who had, uh, um, shared the information about the hybrid children and whatnot. And when, for whatever reason, soul contract, like really resonated. And I was like, that's it. That's the missing key to all of this. When you're in the ufology world, you, it didn't like a lot of, when you look at just the, the, the science and the, and the data, uh, it didn't add up. The, there was some people were saying maybe it's nefarious and i'm like that doesn't make sense the nefarious uh, agenda idea doesn't make sense because of all the data that we have logically if they were nefarious they would have already attacked us they would have already turned us on to slaves and and made us into um You know, whatever. You know, why are they waiting for us to uh, gain in our technological advancements and in our spiritual awareness and our understanding of this phenomenon? Why would they wait if they were nefarious? Um, So then I continued the dialogue with Wendy, uh, started talking with Nora, and 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 they explained that they channel these beings, and then I started listening to some of that material and i was like oh my god what they're saying is is the missing pieces to all this this data that i had and it fit like a perfect puzzle uh all this data that i had collected on the phenomenon and everything that they said just fit and i was like that's it that makes sense i'm i'm i need to find out more uh about this and i was sort of sick and tired at that time of all the negativity around the phenomenon people were just you know every tv show everything uh that was discussed in the in the open uh um in the media and in the uh, open sectors seemed to be negative uh and and that just didn't make sense based on the data so i was like you know what this is a i want to tell a different story i want to tell a a story of interaction with these beings of being a positive one because that's my data sets were showing that and uh and the channeling and the messages coming from the channelers and the uh and and the beings that would come in and 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 what they how they explained it and described uh things really resonate with me and i said that's nobody's telling the story i need to tell this story Mm -hmm. so that was the inspiration that's how it sort of started
0: and interestingly you came from that side because that's from outside looking in. And now, I don't know when you started doing the interviews, but that's what I want to talk to you about now, but that that's been such a 2013.
1: Journey
0: that right. so that's what, eight years, you've like- can't Oh,
1: 2014, it. I should say, sorry.
0: So we're really like in it now, right? we are seeing it from a different perspective. Can you just, before oh, we get deep. into that, can you tell us first um, <laughs> what happened in 2007? What your experience
1: uh, was? It, it was- It was really just a bunch of uh, little specks in the sky. Pretty, I mean, since then, I've had way more engaging, crazy (laughs) experiences, (laughs) Um, but it was enough to get me going to, you know, for 30 minutes or 40 minutes or so. uh, I just saw these little specks show up in the sky, uh, little white dots. Uh, They looked circular, but they were really far out. But I saw, you know, perhaps 20 to 30 of these, these things. And, uh, and I couldn't explain it. And they were obviously not planes. They weren't balloons The you know, uh, they were unidentified flying objects. They were UFOs in the middle of the day uh, when I was in uh, uh, still in Burbank, California uh, in 2007. So uh, the next day I thought it was going to be all over the news and like, this was the game changer. The world is now, you know, we have this, this, this UFO thing um this ufo phenomenon is going to be you know that opened up to the world and then when it wasn't and there was no discussion about it and there was no other reporting about it that's what actually got me even more curious And like okay something i clearly saw something that probably many people saw and yet there's nothing there's no talk about it this isn't nuts and then i started researching that's when i started researching and realizing that oh this stuff happens all the time but it's underreported uh, you're put immediately into the to the cuckoo camp uh, and, um, and and you know the 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 truth embargo so to say that's the the, the uh, coined uh, phrase around you know we use in the uh, citizen hearing, the truth embargo was uh, legitimate and then I you know, so that just started on me that on the, on the rabbit hole so it wasn't that significant. Uh, as sightings go in general, but for me personally, it was very significant because it got me started on this path.
0: I've got a question kind of formulating, and it's kind of hard to put into words, but I know you're gonna know what I mean, mean, because this is the stuff Mm -hmm. we talk about all the time, because we're getting, you have to get interdimensional straight away. You can't talk about this stuff without being interdimensional, right? So for me, the the experience has always been very internal and I realize Mm -hmm. now at this point that I've always had a relationship with these interdimensional extra-dimensional beings and to me that's very real because they've been with me my whole life and I'm only at this point realizing that that's not a commonplace thing and actually getting to know these beings a bit better and who they are so for me to come in from an internal way it's Mm -hmm. completely makes all the sense and then you're coming out from the external way and coming it into it. But it's the same thing, right? Because we're talking about a different dimension.
1: You- yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, the the so for me, I, the, I agree, there's, there's uh, the ultimately, uh, through my research, and obviously, hopefully, through the, the the messages that are coming through my interviews, ultimately, the best gateway into or the only real gateway into this phenomenon is an internal one. Um, we have the ex- external f- phenomenon to shake people up and jolt people like myself that's very, you know, uh, left brain analytical logic, uh, you know, that the, people like myself um, need that physical uh, slap in the face to, to question our reality so then we can start to go in and do the internal work. And that's what I feel. I've been since that experience. I really have been on this internal journey, uh, and and it probably shows in my show that uh, um, through uh, meditation, breath work, uh, uh, plant medicine work, um, and, and um, this internal journey has been a, a, a big part of my evolution that has been allowing me to uh, and the show itself the show and the questions and the, and the answers that i get back are are helping me on this internal journey to ask and go deeper ultimately we we cannot go deeper into the phenomenon unless we go inside
0: mm-hmm. i don't know if this is too much of a question but like as soon as i started watching you i I could see that you're you're like a galactic ambassador, but it seems at the beginning that you don't know that. <laughs> right. Yes, I
1: don't. <laughs> I'm just a curious dude. And then I realise, oh, maybe I'm a galactic ambassador now. You have,
0: all you, the, you have all the knowledge. Like this is what I want to get into because mm-hmm. this is why I got so many questions for you, because you've spoken to all these people. You have probably better knowledge than maybe any, you know, more than 0.1% of people on the planet right now, right? <laughs>
1: I I uh, I don't realize how much knowledge and data I have until I start having conversations like this. Um, and uh, of recent, I, I I I've sort of realized I, I do have a lot of data, uh, uh, data sets, and experience, uh, personal experience in in the woo, in the in this crazy world of of UFOs and and, and uh, paranormal other dimensions. So um uh and it's all interconnected you know to what's happening on the planet right now you know uh, obviously especially what you guys are dealing with in australia it's it's I'm
0: uh I'm in oh in
1: london i'm sorry i thought you were <laughs> uh, in london still you guys are dealing with it uh uh in a in a much um a much more visceral way than than we are in the states uh we get a little bit of that in in los angeles and new york but um you know uh and what and what's to come is obviously you know when you're paying attention to to all this you know what's going on
0: yeah yeah like you say it's all inter- inter- okay. interconnected we, yeah. all, all these questions are so big and this is like an impossible question to answer but um can you can you explain galactic history to us i know you can't but the thing is it's like when you're interviewing people they all give you little bits of information and some of it's like oh yeah that really makes sense and then someone else will say the same thing and it's like the same but a bit different and you're like oh yeah but that really makes sense as well like i know i know i know it's an impossible question to ask but from your perspective can you fill us in a bit on galactic history and what you've pieced together?
1: Sure. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I. <laughs> hmm. It's a big one. Um, <laughs> so far, the, the, the what I've been able to... Uh, so uh, just a quick sort of... Uh, to point people in the right direction, if they want to know more about galactic history, from all my research, uh, Lisa Royale in her book, The Prison prism of Lyra has probably the best sort of breakdown of galactic history that I've seen uh, thus far. And all the other channelers that bring different entities in support that story uh, to a certain extent. you know depending on the channeler and depending on the filter and different things the, things shift. there's It's not all exact. So I think a lot of people get caught up on the details. And uh, when they they say, oh, one one channeler says this, another channeler says this, and it doesn't exactly match up. And I feel you're sort of uh, shooting yourself in the foot when you try to make those comparisons. Uh, I think we, because the phenomenon is not clear because we're dealing with uh, different ego filters of of channelers bringing through information. Um, So there is no gospel truth uh, that, you know, one channeler has all the answers. And that's why I like to do this buffet of exploring all these different, uh, channelers and entities and and consciousnesses, and then let the audience decide, you know, what resonates with them to find the, 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 what works. So my interpretation of what our galactic history is might be different than somebody who's, doing similar research and and things like that so little disclaimer uh, of our galactic history i think is it's fluid it doesn't it, it depends on uh the 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 person and their um on their journey and but in a general sense as general as i can make it without getting into too much specifics um uh, I believe we are humans are a mixed bag of, of different DNA st- structures or archetypes, is probably a better word to use from different galactic um, civilizations. Um it seems to be the, the furthest we go back is is Lyra and Vega, these these two uh, uh systems, um uh, solar systems have created sort of the humanoid um archetype of of the basic human structure. And as far as we can go back with this channelings and the Akashic records, it seems like that's where this form of, of, of humanity started. And from there they branched into different uh parts of the galaxy, the Zetas, the, the Pallades, the um the Syrians, um the the Orions. Uh we have you know all these different galactic consciousnesses that have funneled down into creating the the earth experience um fractalized versions of of the same thing and when you fr- fractal something are you familiar with the t- term fractals and 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 how that works so um it, it's a reflection of the and contains all the information of the original, right? So a a uh, like a hologram, uh, a piece one piece of the hologram holds all the information of the whole the whole structure. So we are fractalized versions of these different solar systems, with our DNA being holographic in nature. And in those structures, uh, all that is is stories. Different stories, archetypal stories, uh, and we can see this with work with the tarot, and and other um, uh, 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 other modalities. You know, runes. Uh, there's many ancient modalities, the I Ching, uh, throughout our, our history here on Earth that tap into these archetypes, and we can read the the stories, the archetypal structures, and the stories uh, through these modalities to better understand who we are astrology uh uh is great um and and then the in the mayan astrology mayan calendars we have all these different systems that we can uh use to reflect on and look into who we are and um i think they're all they all have their place i don't think one you know it depends on the 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 reader uh, who's interpreting and who can connect in and they may resonate with one modality more than the other. But essentially we're playing out a lot of the same stories uh, from these different civilizations in this human form in various aspects. and um, and and by doing so, uh, you know what what is the purpose of all this is a lot of people ask, and I, I think it's to, uh, we're just expressing source in these different ways, uh, like a making a, a, a soup and adding all the different ingredients and letting it simmer and cook and mix and match, and then you you get a different flavor. And, and in every iteration of that soup, uh, you're going to add more ingredients and do different things, and it's going to have a different flavor and a different taste. And uh, I think that's all we're doing here is we're, we're creating different soups uh for a source to express itself in 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 play and have fun in in and come out with stronger better uh ways to uh express themselves so then we can then go and aid and assist other civilizations who are making their own version of soup I know that was a lot of different ways and tangents there. I don't know if that even got close to answering your question, but well,
0: this, uh, is, this is the thing: is because yeah. because we're talking about interdimensional stuff, you can't answer it in a three D way, really.
1: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and our logical
0: I, brains are like, give me a give me a logical answer, but you can't answer these things in logical ways because it's beyond logical, right? But let's try again so yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what's happened on earth like give us like mm-hmm. what happened 2000 years ago or however long you think it is and who's the anarchy or the zeta the reptilians like let's bring all that piece in like
1: so i i i, I would go with the twenty six thousand year cycle that seems to be uh 26,013. so the procession of the equinox is uh, you know, we have physical evidence uh, uh, that our scientists agree that that that's that happens. And when you look at the precession of the equinox, we have a twenty six, thousand year old cycle that we go through the twelve signs of the zodiac. And we're moving now, everybody says we're moving away from Pisces and we're moving into the edge of the Aquarius, which is um, which thirteen thousand years ago, so half a cycle ago, uh, I think a full cycle is it's an expression of like day and night. So we have polarity because of our, our, our reality is sort of binary based. Um, we have night and day, we have this the, 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 the light and the dark and, and I believe this in the procession of the equinox, this 26,000 year cycle is a full cycle of night and day. So we're coming out of the 13,000 year cycle going into the light and uh into aquarius and during the last the thirteen thousand euro cycle uh many people say was the fall of atlantis and and uh and then there's talk of you know these ancient civilizations of lemuria and atlantis and, and mu and um i believe at that time thirteen thousand years ago is when uh we we started to go into the fall and uh, it was a, 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 a t- the darker end of this 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 greater cycle, and um, and in doing so, civilization, a uh, very advanced civilization, uh, collapsed, and we went into this sort of dark age, so to say, of 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 um, not having access, forgetting our galactic connections, forgetting who we are and sort of hitting the reset button. And uh, we can see that peppered out throughout our world, the different civilizations sort of had to relearn uh, how to farm, relearn how to uh, use different technologies. And um, and during that fall, we had a lot of intervention from other species, other civilizations, perhaps with different agendas to, um, Utilize the DNA of the, the humans uh, in different ways, uh, and and this is where we come into the Anunnaki story, and um, also reptilians. Uh, uh, you know, in, in injecting some some DNA, perhaps. So we've had thirteen thousand years of of hybridization, even during this fall, uh, this dark time, in different pockets of different people, uh, different classes. Uh, uh utilizing different dna and different stories to uh tell the human story and um i don't know if i'm on the right path but you can yeah, help guide yeah. me because uh, so, i can go off in a min- million tangents
0: so are the an- anarchy and the reptilians the same thing
1: i don't think so um i i think there's aspects of the reptilian consciousness uh, in the Anunnaki consciousness, so like a class structure of of, um, and this is not all Anunnaki. This was, I think, just the ones that came to visit us uh, had a very sort of um, hierarchical class s- system that um, uh, uh, that we see today reflected in our hierarchical structures of government and, and you know king and queendom and that kind of you mm-hmm. know that kind of idea that we're getting away from uh as a society, but those uh aspects of hierarchy, I think uh we received a lot of that. I think we got from the Anunnaki. And um and, and perhaps before that we had some of that too. But I think that that structure, that uh, archetypal structure coming from the Anunnaki, coming from our reptilian idea.
0: And what about the Zeta reticulants? They're reptilians, right?
1: No, I would say the Zeta is uh is a is a offshoot of they have aspects again aspects of that reptilian consciousness um but we have to remember that all of these different species are going through their own versions of evolution and uh, a lot of people uh, tend to classify oh reptilians are bad oh the anunnaki's oh they're great no they're bad you know or the zetas they're good they're bad they're they're related they're working with the reptilians so they must be bad and I don't think I think it's just like humans. It's a mixed bag. Uh, each type archetype uh, 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 from the Anunnaki to the reptilians to the Zetas uh, um, to the Palladians, to the Syrians to to you know the Lyrans to the to the the ve- vegans vegans <laughs> um, they all have um, different stages of their evolution and at different at those different stages have come, those different consciousnesses at different stages ha- have all come to visit earth. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, like I said, like the hologram, uh, we, we depending on our individual vibration and frequency are able to tap into different stages of their evolution. And we bring back the these stories and then, you know, somebody, a channeler or an experiencer will then sort of say, well, this is what the Anunnaki is because I've had that experience, and they're right because you know they they did have that experience. But perhaps uh, we are quickly easy to say, well, that's what the consensus is: is the Anunnaki, you know, you know, turned humans into slaves and, and or created hu- the human archetype through their DNA engineering, and then created uh, the slaves. Therefore, they're bad because they enslaved the human race. But we have to remember not all Anunnaki have, you know, even in the lore, there's the story of the, you know, different factions of the Anunnaki coming in and saying, hey, you guys broke, you know, intergalactic code, get the hell out of here, let the human race be on its own. So within the Anunnaki, there's different levels of, you know, what we would label good or bad. And, And everything has its purpose, you know, without that DNA interjection would we even be here right now? Would we even be having this conversation?
0: No. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So this is what I pieced together from listening to interviews and Mm -hmm. the things that people said is that um, this is all all different things that people said that kind of makes sense to me. And again, you know, obviously everything's multidimensional, so it's just one narrative. But um, basically, they were where we are now, but they went down the like, they they lost connection with the heart energy, right? And they went down the artificial intelligence path. And then that's why they do all this hybridization and, you know, all this with stuff. The there. Zetas. But Zetas yeah. you're talking about, right? Uh, I don't know. They- I don't know. Just like in relevance to what's happening now. Mm-hmm. But actually, as we are waking up to what's been going on and being able to end it right because this is the beginning of the end right so as we wake up to who we are it's actually helping them with their evolution so it's helping mm-hmm. them come back into heart-based consciousness is that something that you is that something
1: i i about? do yeah i i agree with that i would say that sounds like this zeta story um because we've had so much uh intervention in connection with the zeta species especially with the uh hybridization programs in the the um in the 80s and the 90s early 90s uh really the 70s and the 80s was really when that was ramping up and yeah that seems to be the consensus storyline that people um experienced that the zetas were very disconnected very uh, left-brained logical and disconnected from their emotional bodies and they needed the human dna and not just the dna but the human interaction to reactivate the emotional body that was turned off through their species through genetic engineering cloning um and, and sort of uh, um, scientific manipulation uh, that we're seeing, we have aspects of fractalized uh, mirrors of, of that story in our society today. And it's a big it's a big uh, uh, part of what's happening right now. And um, and through their interaction, we, they um, they are reactivating their emotional bodies and then going on their path of evolution.
0: So, so you're saying that people that are enacting this dark agenda right now is a combination mm-hmm. of different, it's not just reptilians, it's like different. I a- would a- say, C- it's a-
1: yeah, I would say it's definitely, I, 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 because remember, if, if we go back to everything as a fractal and everything is a, a reflection, uh, then uh, we can take these different galactic story points and we can sort of say oh i can see an aspect of that in this species i can see an aspect of that in that species and an aspect in that species and perhaps in their species story they had fractalized reflections of the reptilian of the anunnaki and everything else so it's more I would say we we use the species and we use these stories of these different species and and, and and people have who have who have interactions with these these beings and can tell the story. I think it's the story is um, is there for us to reflect on the interaction with these species. They show up to uh, tell us a story. So we can then choose in our waking life now which direction we want to go, and and there and some of them are coming back in time or or through time the, through this interdimensional uh, uh, you know travel and they're sharing their uh, experiences. So then, they so, we can say, oh, okay, if we go down this path it leads to this, or it could lead to something like this, a manifestation like the Zetas um, having to go underground and destroying their world and, and you know, um, uh, genetically engineering, losing their ability to to uh, procreate. If we go down the path of full logic, only mind, um, then it could lead to that. And And so they're, in a sense, offering humanity a choice to, uh, choose that path or choose another path and many of us hear that story and we're like oh my god no I don't want that at all that sounds horrible um, but some people can some people obviously many in our government uh, uh, in our uh, governments around the world in our um, uh, uh, you know in 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 big tech and big pharma and all these you know these people think that's a great way to uh that's the only way to to continue the species is to have full control hierarchy and you know cut off the connection to our emotions and uh turn people and create a slave race uh they may be doing that unconsciously probably not consciously um but a lot of that is is just dna um it's it's part of their dna it's part of who they are coming from these different lineages coming from these different storylines and their archetypes and most of us i think would agree and look at that and like no way that's not what we want to do but um for them that's you know that's the only way and they don't see any other way
0: um so when i asked you if if you wanted to do an interview, you said, as long as we could talk about 5D and I can't remember what else you said. <laughs> but, oh,
1: I, yeah, I was just, I think just this subject matter. Um, yeah, but this, yeah.
0: this is one of the things I think is interesting in your interviews because I'm like a really right brain person. I'm all about feeling, I'm all about experience. Mm. And as you say quite often, you really like, and you're often asking about dimensions and density. And so I'd love to just hear from you like what is a dimension? What's the difference between dimension and densities? And um, what's five D? And yeah, like talk about dimensions. <laughs> sure, sure. One of my favorite
1: subjects. So, uh, so many people have this. We keep hearing about the five D, the fifth dimension, and dimensions uh, is and densities both are just ways to measure consciousness. Um, or actually, I'd say densities is more of a way of measuring states of consciousness, uh, almost like how we say water, ice, and uh, steam for the same H2O, right? These are different states. It's the same material, but just in different stages of, con- uh, 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 of, of existence, you know, a, a water, a gas, or, or a, a solid. So densities is that. Uh, so first density consciousness would be our rocks, our plant, or I'm sorry, uh, rocks and minerals and, uh, uh, stuff that we consider to be dead, but all consciousness, in my opinion, is it's conscious, it's alive, it's moving. It, there is an evolutionary aspect to it. And I've had, believe it or not, I've had conversations with rocks. So, uh, yeah, there is an, a, train,
0: there, the rocks are really. <laughs> yeah they're say, in, they? highly
1: intelligent they're highly intelligent they've been around a long time so there's a lot of wisdom in those rocks um so we we that's sort of first density consciousness second density consciousness uh these are just labels that i've collected from from yeah, my oh, interviews. Is what <laughs> yeah. um so again i you know make it your own and 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 people may have different thoughts or i'm not telling anybody that their idea is wrong. This is just how I've kind of compiled yeah. it in my own, my own sense. Um, plants and um, animals traditionally are second density consciousness. Um, you know, we, there's a, uh, through time, they move much uh, quicker. Their evolution is quicker. And we see a, a birth, a death, usually in a shorter amount of time than we see the, the rocks and the minerals. Uh, we humans have traditionally been in the third density consciousness. And this is all correlation to the rainbow spectrum, to uh, platonic solids, to our chakras as well. So if you kind of, I like to use the chakra system to think about where um, in our chakras, these densities reside. So our sort of solar plexus or or upper abdomen is kind of where we're at and we have in that, Stage This third density consciousness is we're sentient, we're aware of who we are in this reality. And we uh, we're able to self reflect, look into the mirror and say, Okay, I'm, I'm Ruben, and I need to navigate and, and survive in this reality, and I need to do stuff. Um, and, and that's sort of survival instinct comes from that the gut, right? Our gut tells us if this is a good or a bad thing, and if we need to, to go this direction out of survival. But as we're evolving and we're sort of on this cusp right now, we're in a 50% uh, or maybe a little, depending on where we are in the planet and where we are, but we have the choice to be in a third density consciousness or a fourth density. And the fourth density correlates with the heart and the heart chakra. So more of that, that green energy um, that, and it's more expansive. And if we go from our gut to our heart and we just feel into that, we feel more expansive. Our guts tightens up and it's more of like, we get that gut feeling. We used to say this all the time uh, when I was younger anyways, is like, what does your gut say? Um, now we're shifting our language and we're saying, well, what does our heart say? And we're more in our hearts now than we have ever been before. And the more we go into the heart and we use that to navigate with uh, instead of the brain um, or our guts, uh, then we are able to have a more expansive Uh, um, uh, uh, way of navigating this reality. And it seems to be guiding us, our heart especially uh, seems to be guiding us in the right direction because I think that's where our natural evolution of where humans are are going. And, And all of this, as we move into this heart space, the animals and the plants are moving into the gut space. The minerals are moving into the, uh, 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 the, um, the second space. So their, their lifespan, we're able to, to have conversations as we would treat a a cat or a dog, um, perhaps now, or just a decade ago, we're going to start seeing the, the, the minerals, as I said, having conversations with minerals, uh, is going to become more normal as we, in, in our, in our cats and our dogs, really, I mean, we're going to start talking to them, uh, um, maybe not with words, but, uh, I know many, many people who are connecting with their pets and their animals more and more um, and and having telepathic communication and, and able to cater to their needs a little bit better. So th- this and then it, we, it keeps going. So then the higher density physical forms like, for example, uh, Lisa Royale, who channels Sasha, she comes from a four, uh, upper echelon fourth density consciousness, which, uh, you know, humans are just moving into the lower echelon third uh, fourth density so uh and there's spectrums within the spectrum so in a fourth density consciousness there's the lower end and then there's the higher end and uh uh and, and and fifth and so on and as you go higher in in these densities you you peel away your uh physical form you start going more into the light body and it's i use the uh it's a for most of the density uh, um, uh, spectrums that I've been able to put together is that fifth density and higher is pretty much a non-physical form. Uh, and, and these collective consciousnesses, you know, some, some, some people say, like Wendy Kennedy channeling the ninth dimensional Palladians, that, that's a group consciousness of many, many physicalized beings, but all projected like our planet Earth. If we were to have a conversation with Mother Earth, think about, and she's a seventh density being, um, it's all of our individual density level consciousnesses combined to form this massive consciousness of of Mother Earth. And she has access to all the the physical and non-physical beings here on Earth. So we have, and when we talk with her, she also has the knowledge of of the, uh, you know, the fairy world and, you know, these other um, unseen worlds at different uh, dimensional levels. So dimensions is, I believe, just a way to measure space and time uh, and um, within the densities. So fifth dimension um, is a measurement of reality within the fourth density consciousness so uh most the most significant thing i I feel with with the fifth dimension is our uh detachment from linear time so uh we're as we move into that state uh time becomes more fluid and it's not so linear and we can kind of jump around uh in time which gives us access to other dimensional uh, um other dimensional uh realities states Yeah. yeah other dimensional states so it's almost it's like taking the so we know so like say third density would be uh first would be the solid let's say using water in this in the example so so you know we have mineral worlds in in let's say ice being the physical solid and then we have um uh, liquid being still more physical than the ice but less harder to to contain and then we have steam and then we have let's say other states of matter that we 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 haven't quite discovered like plasma or or other uh, ideas of of water that can go into other states quantum states maybe we, we might use the word quantum um, because it's a state that we can't physically measure in this realm but it's still a state and and that's Another way to sort of use use these different states uh, yeah. of measurement for density and, and dimension.
0: Have you spoken with beings in every dimension? Fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth. Does it go above nine?
1: <laughs> um, yeah, there's, uh, you know, uh, Nora channels, uh, I think the 12th dimensional Palladian Collective. Um, uh, you know, I, yeah, I, 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 I don't know beyond that uh dimensions i don't know how many dimensions I, I would imagine they're infinite but um you know relative to where we are at uh i think once we get beyond like the 12th dimension uh there's th- that, that the information just becomes not relevant to who we are as yeah. physical beings yeah, yeah. and um I say oh yeah
0: can you are you able to correlate it to 12 strand dna Is there like a link between people talk about activate the DNA and the 12 strands?
1: I don't know the exact link, but I do know that there is a there's a something within our DNA, within our physical structure, within our um, reality with math, with the number 12. We have the 12 signs of the zodiac. We have um, uh, the idea of 12 12 dimensions. We have uh, the 12 hours on the clock. We have um, uh, th- th- there's a very significant um, uh, correlation between the number twelve and, and and who we are, and then two plus one equals three, and and three is also an, a magical number uh, when you're when you dive into numerology and, the, and those things. So um, I, I definitely think perhaps the t- twelve strand DNA uh, is is uh, more of a reality than not, but I don't know exactly how that all connects. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so so my understanding of where we are is that basically, you know, and as I say, listening to your shows, the past six months has really helped me piece all this together a lot. But basically, we are all interdimensional beings, right? And we're all, mm-hmm. we're all existing on many dimensions at once. And like you were just saying, that's been suppressed and hidden from us and we're just waking yeah. up to that and this whole kind of dissolution of the 3D, this whole kind of um what's the word, uh crumbling, <laughs> dissolving, yeah. that was the dissolving yeah. of the 3D is gonna happen more and more. So the only none of that's going to be left and the only option is for us to step into this what they call homo homo galacticus right? So this understanding right. of ourselves as Galactic being. So, could you could you speak on that for us? What does that mean to you, Hermes Galacticus?
1: Yeah, I don't think I don't think we'll ever completely be the 3D is going to completely dissolve, uh, because, like I said, as we gain these higher perspectives and as we move in different states. Uh, the, the, for example, the, going back to the water analogy, the, 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 the ice is, is still can become ice. It's still there. We can still peer into and go back into the ice if we ever need to. But as we realize these higher states of consciousness, as we move into these higher states of consciousness, we, we see the value of having a solid structure to create a base uh, for us, you know, our our homes and buildings and these things, we need a, a strong foundation of integrity to build off of, and we we'll always go in to make sure that those those states exist. But we're not uh, we're not uh, b- bound by the limitations of those realities of the 3D. So as we move into these higher states, the old structure of 3D is no longer serving us uh in the in the way it was as as a you know containing our consciousness in this reality so uh so we expand into these higher dimensions um and i think as we continue to evolve and wake up to our true potential to the unlimited potential that uh us as interdimensional beings are uh then our you know not sort of the natural evolution is we're going to develop new technologies, we're going to become more telepathic, we're going to connect in, with each other and, and realize the, the, the connections that we already have and then fortify new connections um, based on this new understanding uh, and building new worlds, new realities, new technology and, and then uh, eventually i think the idea which bashar says homo galactus is is the human species going beyond our limitations of of space and time and then be, becoming shepherds for other civilizations to go through their evolution uh how long this all takes it could be thousands of years before we get to that state but uh the one of the you know, what the, the, the through lines of the series is this, this idea of ascension, this idea that, that the human race is going through this in a very short amount of time going through a major evolutionary jump. And this only happens every 13,000 years or so. So it's a very exciting time for humanity to make this transition. And we get to do do it in within our lifetimes. It's it's quite something uh, um, extraordinary uh, that we we don't, typically see so uh you know that's why we have our visitors that's why we have so many visitors from many many different species coming to to assist us in this time to give us knowledge and to to sort of hold our hands through this transition so uh so we don't go too crazy even though most people are watching this will probably think we're crazy
0: <laughs> <laughs> people only crazy people follow me my name's <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's true you do have a magical name so <laughs> so they're they're fine but but uh but you know your average joe might not uh, uh anyway the, eventually they'll catch on
0: <laughs> so i know you love to ask people this question like mm-hmm. like that vision i've seen that vision my whole life where we're living in harmony and peacefully and like you say we're using things like telepathy and telekinesis and this advanced technology. And you just said you see it in your lifetime.
1: What timeline would you put on it? How many generations away? How many generations? Um I mean, we all for me, you know, I I want, I want it now, right? I'm I'm the kind of guy's like, oh, let's do this now, you know. Uh, but I'm learning uh through going more within that that there's a natural cycle that, that Uh, that humanity that everybody as an individual that has to go through this process of the of their own awakening their own discovery i i still in my process but perhaps seeing those ships uh escalated or uh triggered me to to go to go down this path uh, you know to take that first step into the, the woo um uh, many people were born uh, perhaps yourself born with th- these abilities and w- were already kind of seen through the matrix uh but many of us um were born into this reality with that shut off and uh and it's it, it takes certain events like the the um the the ET thing for me to for people like me to 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 start to step into that. So everybody's gonna have their, their own timing to all this. And um, and I for me, it's just being patient. At this point now, I'm just like being patient. It may not happen in my lifetime and that's okay. I do think with the acceleration of how th- we can just look at past events, especially in this past couple of years, we can see how accelerated things are. My personal opinion is um, I think we have seven years of hard times for general humanity for for those of us have been doing this internal work and doing this stuff i think it's not going to be that hard i think we've already kind of done that Mm -hmm. hard process the the hard part is for us to see our fellow humans as many of us now to see our fellow humans right now go through this transition that's what's hard for us i know it is for me um and and reminding them hey it's going to be okay you know just a few it's just t- turning the dial a little bit uh you just got to tune in a little bit over here and do this and then it's super easy and but you know that's easy to say but not not easy to do for so many so it's just a matter of being patient to watch everybody in their own timing come into the shift and and then being there holding our hands out to say hey if, when you're ready to 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 come over here um uh, then we're here we're ready to go we're you know we've got this uh we're, we're ready to go with our telekinesis we're ready to go with our uh you know uh, calling the ships and you know uh, these technologies are just waiting there uh for us but we have to make uh shifts in our in our thoughts and our actions and and, and how we um and our emotions and how we process things uh because it's it's like giving a uh, uh, you know the the, the analogy of, of playing with nuclear weapons. It's like giving nuclear weapons to kids, and until the kids are mature enough to play uh, with these tools, these weapons, um, which which aren't weapons in that reality, you know they're they're more of tools. Um, we we have to be ready as a collective to do that before we can have the telekinesis we have to use these technologies uh responsibly and um and we we're already seeing how irresponsible uh these technologies you know through our social media manipulation and psychological goofiness and you know just all the stuff that we're seeing how and i think we're seeing it on purpose it's teaching us that if we don't responsibly use these these tools then uh we're going to create um chaos (laughs) and it's not going to go well
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, so one of my favorite things to say is embodiment is the ascension process because it's all about our frequency right and we shift our Mm -hmm. frequency and that is ascension so it's about clearing the channel and i know that that's something you often refer to veganism and I love that a lot of the interviews you're barefoot you're always in beautiful nature settings can you talk to us what that means to you like what is the embodiment process for you personally and how's that been on this what is it now 15 year journey
1: yeah yeah the um so uh I love the Bashar explanation of our reality is based on thoughts emotions and beliefs and Uh, that so that so being aware of our thoughts our emotions our belief and being aware of the frequencies that each one of those um, harnesses and then most importantly from that taking action is the number one frequency like the physical action is is the embodiment I think that you're speaking of is what truly is representative of what we put out into the world is our physical actions. So, uh, of course, our thoughts, our emotions, our beliefs are at the core of that. And we and 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 they and they come and go. Emotions, thoughts, belief systems shift, and they're that's a constant moving uh, thing. But ultimately, those three things come and 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 formulate and 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 propel us to do what we in, in, to, to to take physical action in our reality. So. Uh, so for me, like the idea of veganism in, in is, uh, um, is a physical action that we can take in our current reality is a conscious choice to move into, uh, uh, the, the frequency of, uh, to me, veganism is the principle of not, of non-harm causing no harm to another. Um, even though some people would argue that, well, you're eating sentient plants, and that's the thing. It's like, well, doing it, even eating, even to a certain extent, eating animals is in a in a conscious way, uh, making sure that they have good lives and are are well taken care of. And then when they come towards the end of their life cycle, then they, you know, the whole Buddha story of the of the rabbit jumping into the fire and you know providing food for for Buddha. Um, Or not Buddha, but his uh, teacher, or whatever. But anyways, there's there's a there's a uh, through our physical actions, we can make conscious choices on like what we buy, the ingredients we choose to put into our body, um, how we uh, uh, what we basically what we intake and that is the embodiment i think having the awareness and and the knowledge and the understanding of the different frequencies that we tune into um and and then how we process that and then how we put that back out to the body or uh, out into the world because ultimately what you put out is what you get back so um it's okay to have uh evil thoughts you know people think like oh if I, i must not think evil and it's like no it's or evil or you know atrocious things, what typically what somebody, you know, like, oh, that guy, he should die, kill him or whatever. And it's like, you you know, advise not to have those thoughts. But if you do, if it slips out and you, and it's like, whoa, whoa, rain it back and just say, okay, yeah, I got pissed off. Uh, I had some really nasty thoughts, but I'm not going to take action on that at all. Like that is just not who I am. So having that sort of internal dialogue of connecting in with uh, and being conscious of what you put out. And ultimately, that is what is going to help uh, escalate the manifestation of your reality is what you put out, is what you get back. So constantly living in the ideas of veganism, of, of uh, harmlessness, is going to help create a world, I think, where we uh, can live in unison and in harmony with with nature and, and each other.
0: to percent <laughs> and what about
1: Pasha Mama, the relationship with Mother Earth? Uh, well, we are born from this soil, from this land, and and uh, this planet. And uh, so many people feel disconnected now, and I think that is because our societal constructs have um, they 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 in a sense. They teach us to not recognize our connection to Mother Earth. And that is partially by design for control mechanisms and these things. But um, the more we understand how connected we are to to this glorious planet and to her energy, and we can connect in with nature, uh, there's so much that she provides. She does provide everything for us. Through our nourishment, through our food, and through our energy, and through our relationships with uh, the the plant and animal kingdom. So, um, always remembering, first and foremost, yes, you may feel like you resonate from the Pleiades or from even from the Zetas uh, or or Lyra or wherever, uh, but first and foremost, you are human. We are all human, and. Uh, we are having a human experience, and we need to honor our our birth into this reality, and that we we you know we came from this uh, human uh, other human bodies, our mothers and our parents, and we're on this planet. So to to honor that first and foremost, and to um, recognize the relationships, and then uh, and then ask our Mother Earth for assistance when we're um, feeling disconnected. Uh, initially, I was always asking the stars. You know, I think it just resonated with the star people um, in the beginning because I felt so out of place or disconnected um, from, from Earth because of just our societal construct, constructs. But remember, these societal constructs are not the true Earth that we're born from. These are, projection overlays of 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 disconnection uh intentional disconnection for control mechanisms so our true nature is mother earth our true nature is here on this planet and that is interconnected throughout the cosmos like a mycelium network um that we uh have these connections to the star people but first and foremost we are human here on earth
0: so do you try and spend a lot of time in nature? Do you do a lot of
1: barefoot Absolutely. walking? yeah. Every as much as I can, every day, um, sort of turning my home. I live in the mountains in Big Bear, California, and um, turning my home into a sanctuary with, you know, our, our backyard garden. And I've got mountain trails uh, just everywhere I can go hiking on. And I do. Uh, I teach breath work once a week over by the lake and uh, connecting into the land and in uh, breath work in Qigong. I do, uh, coming from my martial art background, I have some experience with Qigong and do that as well. So as much as we can spend time in nature and connecting in with that energy, she will provide everything for us.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Okay, my last question, I know is your favorite. So (laughs) tell us us about what the work you're doing in First Contact and trying to like make that connection and how do you, because like I said at the beginning, like I'm really familiar internally with Mm -hmm. interdimensional beings, but I actually can't imagine it externally. So tell us what you think it'll look like and and how you see it all unfolding. Yeah, tell us about your work that you're doing to try and make it happen.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's happening now all over people are having uh really in-depth contact with different beings um, at different States, again, in the, in the physical and non-physical um, or quasi physical is, you know, a buzzword nowadays, a lot of people in their dream States are, are, um, are having um, uh, interactions with these beings. And, um, I've had, or they show up in different forms, so in orbs, and in in um, uh, bright lights in the sky. Uh, you know, what what happens is, I think on the other side of the veil, is the physical construct is very different than how we perceive things in this reality. So a so for something of these other energies to pierce into our reality it ha- it takes different forms and it uses our construct of reality um as a um template in a sense so it'll manifest uh as zetas or as uh, uh or, or different ideas of, of what these different consciousnesses uh or Jesus or Buddha or Krishna, and um, it just uses what's in our sort of zeitgeist of vocabulary to manifest in the in the and the closest relationship to that uh, uh, as a as a physical reality. So, uh, I think many of us project our um, our ideas of what what is an ET based on the movies and based on our societal constructs and our other vernacular ultimately i don't think it's any of that i think it's so far from what we project it to be that we don't have a language for it so um i i I really don't know what it's going to look like It, it it's constantly manifesting and as we evolve and and pull back from our projections of what we think it should be then it'll, we allow it to come in in its more natural form and uh, and then we can ex- experience it and get the wisdom in, in, in a greater way. So I, I really would say it's gonna, to not have any construct of what it's gonna look like because the phenomenon is gonna be different for each of us based on our, our thoughts, our beliefs and our, our emotions. And I would just say, just get ready for anything and and look for an orb, look for a shadow thing out of the corner of your eye, an emotion, um, you know, a a, a thought. Um, look for it all because it's all going to manifest in a, in a unique way for each individual and then connect in into it that way and the best way and this is why i say go inter- internally have that experience internally because then you're not projecting outside i think all these ufo researchers are like it's you know it's a saucer and it's gonna thing and it's gotta fly through the sky and it's all this stuff and it's like it's yes all of that and above but you when you internally go into your internal mechanism of dialogue uh of whatever that is it, you're not uh so focused on what the outside thing is going to be. But it's going to show up in both. It's going to have both a, a, <laughs> a physical aspect to it, but, but more of an internal aspect because we are the we are the the gatekeepers to the phenomenon in, in our physical selves, our um, you know, as as Nassim Haranim says, every at the at the core of every proton is a black hole. And we are made up of, you know, atoms, protons, neutrons. You know, everything is 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 part of our uh, existence. So we can, we are intimate interdimensional beings, as we said. And we and we can, we're projecting this phenomenon. We're bringing it through our consciousness and through our awareness as we wake up to the, the non limitations that we've been uh, thinking that we've had all these limitations. So
0: brilliantly said, uh, but you're doing like, aren't you doing like kind of ceremonies to create a space to invite them to welcome them in?
1: Oh yeah. So, uh, the CE5 phenomenon, which, uh, you know, sort of coined by Dr. G- Stephen Greer is, uh, I, I do that often and, um, go out and, uh, hold meditation. And, and sometimes we get lights in the sky. Uh, mm-hmm. but I would say every time, uh, the group, Uh, most people in the group have some sort of internal uh, experience, Uh, whether it's, you know, their consciousness showing up, uh, arriving on a ship or a being coming in and communicating with them audibly or visions or some sort of, um, uh, some sort of communication. So when we open the door through uh, our intention then nine times out of ten uh there's somebody on the other side of the door to to welcome us Mm -hmm. and to have dialogue uh not in a physical dialogue sense but in whatever however the phenomenon shows up
0: i saw a guy a show where they said the guy i can't remember who it was it was one of these like ex-military people and he said um that the U.S. government is in touch with 50 is the U.S. government knows 57 alien races that are taking an interest in the planet right now does that sound do do you back that up
1: (laughs) I I I can't I can't confirm that but that sounds about right to me (laughs) yeah I um I know many many species are are here to assist us at this time um they're patiently uh, waiting for us to to sort of move through th- this this evolution and um, and they know as a whole, society, you know, we've been very uh, cut off from our interdimensional aspects. So um, th- and they know it's a process. They know you know humanity's going through an evolution. So kind of like in Star Trek, the prime directive, they can't interfere yeah. directly, but indirectly, they can, and they are uh, through uh, personal experiences. Through you know, many of the people in my show, um, myself, I've had you know numerous experiences. It sounds like you you've probably had some <laughs> dialogue <laughs> with some beings, uh from time to time, and that's I think that's the process. Is is it it's going to continue to happen uh, more and more for for more people? I know so many people reach out to me every day. Who watched the show and, and and they thought they were going nuts the past couple of years that you know they doors were opening and they were having strange experiences and dialogues with interdimensional beings and they and then they found my show and they're like oh maybe I'm not nuts other people are having this as well so yeah. I think that's just the natural progression of where we're headed is more and more people are going to be tuning in um, uh, some people tuning in consciously like myself who who. You know, I had the one experience. I'm like, oh, I want more. How do I do this? How do I activate this 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 dialogue? And and I found out by going within, I can activate it. And um and others are just spontaneously um having, are being activated.
0: But you came to create this dialogue, right? You, you came to to do it. I think I th- <laughs> think so
1: yeah yeah I, I mean uh, that. It, the soul contract that the thing yeah. that i resonated with the most yeah i i uh, at this point that makes the most logical sense uh based on i'm still i still hang out a lot of my uh, uh logical mind here and and
0: um you have a sense w- where you're from please
1: a lot of people say uh a lot of the channelers and, and psychics say uh Pilates. they say okay. uh, i i've that my um I've got a big soul contract with the Palladian star system and that uh that I've hung out in Octurius a lot. But you know, I don't have any super direct dialogues with with Palladian beings. Um I the actually the only beings that I've actually interacted with in a in a sort of a telepathic way directly that I'm aware of is the mantis beans. Um, yeah. So I, I, I really have, um, I, I know I have a strong connection with them. Um, I don't know if that means I'm from, you know, if I'm a mantis being, <laughs> <laughs> but
0: I'm, I'm...
1: yeah, it's a lot of people say that, <laughs> you know, I, I, I respect and enjoy the teachings from the Palladians very much. Um, but I, I just like it all, you know, for me, all of it i you know even the reptilians i adore the reptilians i i think there's uh treb and, and rob in, in season one uh just have such a great time interacting and communicating with with him and and even some of the the harsher reptilians the draconians um i haven't had direct dialogue with them but i resonate with with them in the sense that some of their um uh uh, archetypal structures like uh you know they're kind of like the klingons in star trek they have this warrior attitude and when you match their frequency with that uh i'm a warrior they tend to show you respect and uh and i've noticed that i've had maybe i have had some interactions with them uh but i don't have any prejudice against any of the of the species or races And, and and i and i like all of them actually i like aspects of them and i think i think they're all like cool in my book I, like, I just like the cool factor of just the fact that we even have these that people are having interactions with these different species uh it, it's just to me it's just fascinating it's just super cool
0: i think that's the perfect place to end it with loving the reptilians <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes we love the reptilians uh we don't have to be like them uh we have the choice to not be like them but there's definitely something we can learn from from them uh and, and i think uh if anything just the fact that 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 we have if we see everything in the world as a uh a reflection of what we uh, want what we can choose to to be like and if you want to be a reptilian that's great uh, d- but just don't don't do some of those <laughs> yeah just don't just don't you know no oppression please you know I <laughs> I, I don't I don't appreciate that so uh, and, and I found the more advanced reptilians when you sort of stand your ground and say uh, no not going to do that then they actually respect that and like okay I'll go find somebody who wants to be oppressed.
0: Yeah, because we're all free will beings, right? We're all free yeah. will beings in a free will universe. And that's all this is about in a way, is us remembering. Yeah. We have a choice to say no, because as soon as we say no, we choose something else, right?
1: Absolutely. And and uh, the reptilians are are one of the races that are here to show us that. And when we stand in our power and say, no, thank you, um, and uh and, and and firmly say no thank you because they'll push they're like oh really okay i'm going to try it and you're like no i said no and when you say no they back off yeah. you know at, at, you know and that and i think that's the lesson and and that's what we have to do right now that's why we're seeing all this goofiness in our societal you know they're pushing as much as they can okay well, we're going to do this and we're going to do that and you're going to you know uh, you know we're going to lock you down for this much more and we're going to because people are allowing it, yeah. people are not standing in their power and saying no. Until we do, until we say no, the the the, the reptilians are going to continue to 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 try to do their thing. And for that, I respect them because they're teaching us. They're yeah. teaching us how to say no. Yeah,
0: it's beautiful. We have
1: Where can we find you. What what we got coming up? What do you want to play? Well, um, uh, interview with Ed. It's all one word. Uh, org is the website for the show. And uh, I do have my own personal website, rubenlangdon, all one word.com, rubenlangdon.com. Um, but right now my passion is the show. Um, and all the updates I do are there. I, I have a social network um uh with Twitter and, and and Facebook and Instagram. I really don't go on Facebook much these days. Um, Twitter, um I'm on here and there, but Instagram I post updates from the show. So and and it's all just my name, Reuben Langdon. So pretty simple, all one word, across the board.
0: Brilliant. And you got new shows coming out
1: all the time. But... Every month, I've sort of made the commitment. I've I've filmed. Uh, I've got about thirty episodes for season three, uh, slated and uh, filmed most of them. There's a couple I haven't. So I'm just released two more episodes. So we're on episode nine. So every month, the first of the month, I'm releasing a new episode. And it's a
0: genius format because we haven't really talked about it, but it's a total genius format because you interview the channeler and then you interview the channel.
1: (laughs) The channel, yeah. And season three is quite a different um, experience. There will, there are channelers in there, but I'm I'm venturing more, and I started to do this in season two as well. Not just channelers, but experiencers, um, uh, teachers, shamans. Um, I'm kind of going uh, a, a little different direction with season three, just looking at aspects of the phenomenon uh, in different, in many different ways, and how it shows up. So uh, I'm going to be talking with an animal communicator. Uh, I'll be talking, or a channeler for animals. I'll be talking with um, uh, an autistic uh, woman who channels through her mom. Um, it's more. I would say season three is more earth-based, and we're going less galactic and more, uh, more at home here in in an in earth and, and the different aspects uh, where we can look in in our earth plane. And and find sort of the phenomenon already there, you know, fairies and mermaids and these kinds of things, trees and our spirit worlds, and yeah, it's fun. Awesome, Reuben, thank you so much.
0: It's been a total joy. Thanks
1: for having me.